If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, and that's why I am so excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that offers a full range of products designed to cover all of your garden and lawn needs. In years past, my vegetable garden, I neglected the soil and I didn't have much yield. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, your garden may not succeed. And so this year, I am so excited to cultivate the soil before planting the plants with Coast of Maine's organic products. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers, so next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you, coastofmaine.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 120. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there, friends, and welcome back. On today's show, I am answering five of your most pressing listener questions. Now, I hear from a lot of you every day, and some of you write to me with eco tips. Others write to me with questions, and I thought, what would be more fun than for me to take five of those questions and make an episode out of my answers? Now, I, on a personal note, am super excited for this episode because I know I'm answering the questions that matter most to you. I always create content with you in mind. I create content that I think you'll be interested in. But I know 100% for sure today that these questions are on your minds because you've told me so. So on today's episode, we're talking about silicone. We're talking about the popularity of plastic. We're talking about sustainable toilet paper. And we're talking about mason jars. So we're running the gamut today, and we're going to have a great time as we do it. Now, this week's show notes, you can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 120. That's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 120. Let's waste no time and get right into it. Question number one comes from Kathy, and Kathy wants to know, why is silicone as a material preferable 
to plastic? Now, this is such a good question. If you uh, have been dipping your toes in zero-waste swaps, you'd likely notice that a lot of them are made with silicone, silicone muffin liners, silicone baking pads, silicone bags even to replace Ziplocs. You've likely seen that silicone products are out there and the silicone products are a lot more expensive generally than the reusable plastic ones and certainly more expensive than the disposable plastic ones. So what on earth is silicone and why do we like it as sustainable minimalists? Well, silicone is a compound that is comprised primarily of inert silicone, which essentially is sand, and oxygen. So it's sand and oxygen. And zero wasters like silicone products because, especially in the kitchen, they boast low toxicity and high heat resistance. Now, if you have ever listened to me go on a plastic rant before, you know that plastic can be highly toxic and it is low on the heat resistance scale. So you're not supposed to heat it up and it's highly toxic. So it's not good for use around food, but silicone has low toxicity and high heat resistance. Silicone also creates extremely durable products and it doesn't degrade over time. So plastic degrades over time and creates microplastics, which then are stuck in our environment and our atmosphere for centuries. Silicone does not present that problem. For me, why do I like silicone products? Well, I use silicone most in the kitchen, and that is because it is dishwasher and oven safe. So I can use those muffin tin liners made of silicone, and then I can throw them in the dishwasher to wash them. That is way easier for me than scrubbing them one by one. I also prefer silicone because I believe it's safest for my family's health. And even the BPA-free plastic bags the BPA-free whatever plastic things can contain estrogen-mimicking chemicals, and silicone does not have that problem. Silicone exceeds food safety standards. So that's your answer to question one. Question two is from Yasmin. Yasmin wants to know why plastic is so popular. Another good one and a great question. I, of course, am no fan of plastic, but I will say that plastic does boast some benefits, right? And I'm going to name you just three. The first benefit to plastic, plastic is popular because in food storage, plastic keeps produce fresher for much longer than that produce could ever possibly stay fresh without plastic. So the first example that comes to my mind is that cucumber that's wrapped in a plastic sleeve. That plastic sleeve enables that cucumber to stay fresh for hundreds of miles on a truck, for sitting on a supermarket shelf, for making its way into your refrigerator, and then for sitting a few more days in your crisper without turning bad. Plastic keeps goods and medicine and food safe from bacteria and germs, which is, in my opinion, the biggest benefit to plastic. Now, the second benefit to plastic is for corporations, right? Plastic is light, and goods that are wrapped in plastic are much lighter than goods that are packaged in glass or in aluminum, and so that means that more goods, more packages, more stuff can be placed onto a truck or an airplane before going over weight limits, right? So 
This is why we see an awful lot of plastic bubbles filled with air in our online shopping purchases. It's also why we see berries wrapped in those plastic clamshells. Plastic is light and it keeps whatever product it's wrapping, whatever good is trying to get to you, from being damaged during shipment. And damaged goods, of course, means money lost for a company. Finally, number three, why is plastic so popular? Well, Yasmin, in medicine, plastic is really relied on to increase not only efficiency of medical workers, but also improve hygiene. So if you have ever been admitted to the hospital, or even if you have ever even had a checkup, you have likely noticed that almost everything is plastic, from the syringes, to the tubing, to the medicine bags, to the plastic catheters and balloons. I could go on and on. Plastic is cheap to produce and is considered disposable. And so plastic greatly reduces disease transmission in the medical community. So these are three areas in which I see plastic benefiting all of us. But of course, the problem lies in our collective over-reliance on plastic. But that's, of course, another topic for another day. Moving right along to question number three, this one's from Katie. What is a more sustainable toilet paper? Recycled toilet paper or bamboo toilet paper? Phew. All right. This is a long answer, Katie, so buckle up. (laughs) We expect a lot from our toilet paper, right? We need it to be strong, but we need it to be soft. We need it to be comfortable when we're using it, but yet we also expect it to break down easily once we flush it. Toilet paper that isn't strong, isn't soft, isn't comfortable, and doesn't break down well, it's not a desirable product for most consumers, right? So before I even get into answering your question, I just need to mention a vivid experience I had when I was volunteering abroad in a developing country as a young 20-something. I was staying not at a hotel that was marketed to Westerners. I was staying in a homestay with a real family, and I was immersed in their real life, their real day-to-day life. So there were many eye-opening aspects to this experience, but one of them was the toilet paper. The toilet paper in my homestay was a sickly grayish-brown color. It was ridiculously tough and hard. It did not crumple. It barely folded. And my fancy schmancy American bottom was just not accustomed to this level of, I don't even know what the right word is. Let's just say I expected Charmin, but I got a cardboard box, right? I'm not even passing judgment here. I'm just trying to paint a picture of the facts. This bathroom and this toilet paper They have stayed with me for the last decade. I even ended up taking a piece of toilet paper. I tore it off the roll. I folded it neatly. I stuffed it in my pocket. And I brought it all the way back home with me to America in my suitcase eight weeks later so that my mother could see it because I was sure she wouldn't believe it if I had tried to describe it to her. Now, what is toilet paper really? Well, before it was toilet paper, it was a tree. (laughs) And Americans flush 27,000 trees down the toilet every single day. Most families in America go through three rolls of toilet paper a week, and a single roll takes 
37 gallons of water to manufacture. There's also the chlorine problem. We Americans, we Westerners expect our toilet paper to be white, right? White and bright. But to make paper that white, it takes an awful lot of chlorine, which is a water pollutant, by the way, to turn that brown paper into that fancy white color that we as consumers have come to expect. Now, toilet paper from recycled fibers is an option, Katie, and you definitely mentioned that. The problem with recycled fiber toilet paper is that the roughness of 100% recycled toilet paper leaves a lot to be desired. So our need, and I'm doing needs in air quotes, our need for soft toilet paper just encourages the paper industry to continuously cut down forests for toilet paper. And as I was researching my answer to your question, I found it very interesting to learn that it's standing trees, the fiber from standing trees, that gives toilet paper the plush airy feel. So you're not going to get that plushness from recycled paper. You're only going to get it from a tree that was just cut down. Another factor to consider here is that recycled toilet paper, studies have found, contains BPA, bisphenol A, from the receipts that people aspirationally recycle, from the other things that we're trying to recycle that aren't recyclable. So that may be a of a concern to some listeners. Maybe they're not so interested in wiping their bottoms with BPA-lined recycled toilet paper. Just a, just a hint there, just a thought. But there is a third option, and that third option is bamboo toilet paper. Now, bamboo grows fast. It grows much faster than trees, and that is why it is increasingly being used in building materials, in clothing, in toilet paper, and more. Because bamboo grows so fast, it does not need to be replanted after being harvested, so it's considered an eco-friendly option. There have been criticisms of bamboo toilet paper that they clog septic systems, home septic systems, and for many listeners, that might be a deterrent because who wants to put their fifteen dollars or $20,000 septic tank in danger? by using bamboo toilet paper. Not me. (laughs) Now, Katie, I don't feel qualified to answer which is better, recycled or bamboo, but I do have some thoughts for you. So obviously, right, the, the worst choice, the bad choice would be to purchase any premium brand of toilet paper without any recycled content. Those brands, those premium, super plush toilet paper brands They clear forests and they use whole logs to make soft and fluffy toilet paper to wipe our bottoms. So that's bad. (laughs) A better option would be to find a toilet paper you like that has some, if not all, recycled content. A little takeaway here is if there's no recycled content, it's automatically terrible. Another better option, so we're still in the better category, also equally good as to using toilet paper with recycled content, would be to buy toilet paper made of bamboo. But you must also then make sure that the bamboo in the toilet paper is sustainably sourced. And it will tell you it's sustainably sourced if it has an FSC certification. FSC stands for Forest Stewardship Council. 
If it doesn't have that FSC certification, the bamboo could have come from an area that cut down the trees to plant the bamboo. So that negates the purpose of using bamboo to begin with. Also, if you're going with the bamboo option, you should look for unbleached bamboo toilet paper because if it's bleached bamboo toilet paper, then you get into the chlorine polluting our waterways problem. Also, side note here is to be on the lookout for toilet paper made of hemp. It's not on the markets yet, but hemp is easily grown without chemicals. And by the way, if you didn't listen to episode 109, which was all about sustainable fabrics, I talked in that episode about why hemp is preferable to bamboo in many industries. So consider hemp toilet paper. Keep your ear out for it when it hits the market. And finally, the best option <laughs> when it comes to toilet paper is to not use toilet paper, right? Because toilet paper, whatever it's made from, hemp, bamboo, premium toilet paper, recycled toilet paper, whatever toilet paper is made from is just wiping the mess around. And I say that and <laughs> I'm cringing saying it out loud, but it is true. There are are much more hygienic options on the market, and I'm going to give you two right now. The first one, of course, is family cloth, in which preferably the more hygienic way to do family cloth is to get your cloth a little bit wet before you wipe. But for a lot of people, they're just not ready to go there. So another option is bidets. And bidets are a fantastic alternative to using disposable tissue products. They use less water than toilet paper because of how much water the tissue-making process requires. And as I said, doctors have highlighted the hygienic benefits of bidets. So just because bidets are not culturally approved in our society does not mean that we should immediately vilify them or consider them beneath us. <laughs> and I will say, Katie, after researching your question and going down this rabbit hole, I and my husband are having that bidet conversation tonight. Phew. Okay, that was a lot of talk about toilet paper. <laughs> we are moving on to question number four. This question comes from Rishja. And Rishja, I think I'm butchering your name. And if so, I'm so very sorry. Rishta, your question is, why do people buy things to be sustainable when the truly sustainable thing is to reuse what we already have? <laughs> well, Rishta, good question. And I'm not sure if your question is meant to be taken tongue in cheek or not, but I am going to go ahead and answer it seriously and honestly. So yes, you are absolutely correct. The most sustainable action is to use what we already have and to buy less stuff. I sound like a broken record. I feel like I say that every week. Without doubt, that is the most sustainable option, to buy less. That said, we live in a culture that has primed us from since we were infants that the solution to all our problems lies in buying something. And I would argue that it is very difficult for the general public to not only break out against consumerist culture, but also to actively fight back against it every single day for a lifetime. The second reason why I think we buy things to be sustainable is that many of us lack the fundamental skills necessary to successfully reuse and repair and repurpose and reduce and all the other R's. 
Collectively, we have become so dependent on corporation to fulfill our needs that we are ill-equipped to fulfill those needs ourselves. And now a great example here, of course, is food. The most sustainable action is to grow it and then preserve what we have grown for the dormant season. That's right around the corner, right? But how many among us actually grow on that scale? If you or I garden at all, it's a hobby at best, right? We rely on the grocery store for 99.9% of our nutritional needs, even though that reliance on the supermarket is not sustainable. And along the same vein here, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I have noticed a really interesting phenomenon, and it's that I am seeing fewer and fewer people of my generation, Generation Y, cooking. I believe cooking is a fundamental life skill, and fewer and fewer people are doing it these days. They're relying on takeout. They're relying on pre-made meals from the supermarket. And by the way, like... God bless you if you like mac and cheese from a box. I like mac and cheese from a box, but that's not what I'm saying when I'm saying when I'm talking about cooking. I'm talking about making a meal from scratch. I don't see people doing that much these days. It is a self-sufficient skill that is being lost before my eyes. And reach out and tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. So why do we buy things, Risha? Back to your question. We buy things because we can't fulfill the needs ourselves. Finally, third answer to your question is that there's going to come a time when you and I, we need to buy something. That is just life. That's just the way it is. I have never met anyone who has made it through two years, let's say, without buying something. So when we do need to buy something, it's pretty awesome, in my opinion, that consumers have eco-friendly options on the table. I appreciate that with a little legwork, with a little research, I can support companies with my dollars that care about my sustainable minimalist ideals. So while I absolutely agree that we should always be reusing and borrowing and bartering a lot more, I would also argue that when we must buy, it is our responsibility as consumers to support companies that are trying to do better. All right, we made it to question number five. Question number five comes from Susie. (laughs) Susie asks, why do sustainable minimalists love mason jars so much? Oh my gosh, I love it. (laughs) I should just say before I even answer this question is that I never really loved the mason jar aesthetic before going down this lifestyle. Uh, It has like a very farmhouse feel, whereas my aesthetic is more contemporary. But I have since changed my mind on mason jars. Mason jars are the absolutely wonderful plastic-free storage solution for all of us, and I have happily embraced them in every part of my home for a variety of uses. So I'm going to give you a list of some ways that I use mason jars and you can too. Their primary usage in my house is, of course, in canning food. Anything from jams to potatoes to kale to carrots. So you name it. You get a pressure canner. You get some mason jars and some lids. And I and you can safely preserve food for much, much longer than you ever could than by freezing it. Because of their leak-proof lids, I store food in mason jars all the time. 
leftover broth goes into a mason jar and into the fridge. Or if I make pasta sauce to freeze, I put it in a mason jar. I just make sure to leave like half an inch of space at the top before freezing because the contents will expand and I don't want a broken jar. I buy lentils and nuts in bulk at the bulk bins in the supermarket, and then I store them in mason jars in my pantry. I even am in the habit now of pre-sorting all the dry ingredients for cookies and brownies, and I store that mixture in my pantry in mason jars so that when I need to make brownies on the fly, I have the dry mix right there. This is my alternative to buying store-bought or box, store-bought boxes of cookie mix and brownie mix. I take the five minutes, I make a bunch of mason jar dry mixes, and then it is just as convenient, if not more convenient for me, than the box mix. My husband uses mason jars to pack his lunch sometimes. Individual portions of some foods fit perfectly in a pint-sized mason jar, and then he just takes off that metal lid, he heats up the container when he gets to work. In the bathroom, mason jars are phenomenal. You can reduce plastic waste by putting a soap pump on top of your mason jar and then putting it in the bathroom as your liquid pump soap. You can use mason jars to store homemade bath products like body lotion, let's say. You can use mason jars in crafts. I always make my beeswax candles in mason jars. You can put any item in a mason jar and tie a lace ribbon around it and you have just personified the country chic aesthetic, right? You can use them as flower vases. There have been plenty of times I have needed two or three identical flower vases, which of course I don't have. So I did have two or three identical sized mason jars. So I made those mason jars into my vases for whatever shindig I was throwing. Perfect. You can use the wide-rimmed version of the mason jars to plant indoor herb gardens. I'm going to try this this year. So just put rocks at the bottom of the mason jar for water drainage, then put soil, and then plant whatever your herb is going to be. Put it in the windowsill. How cute is that? And finally, we use mason jars, and not just mason jars, but really any repurposed jar in our house to organize stuff from separating screws and nails, from storing bobby pins, from storing safety pins. The fact that mason jars stack, especially the really small ones, the half pint ones, makes mason jars completely adaptable to probably any situation you could ever encounter in your home. All right, phew. So those were five of your best questions answered by me. I hope I did them all justice. Thank you to you if you reached out with a question. And I hope to make this Q&A a series on the podcast. It is super fun for me and I'd love to do another one, but I can only do it if you write to me with your questions. So there's no silly question, right? As a teacher, I used to say that all the time. If you have a question, reach out to me on social media, send me an email, and let's let's get your question answered. Now, this week's ego tip, it's from Megan. Megan wanted me to mention that she swears by soap nuts for laundry detergent. One package lasts her for an entire year, and she appreciates that the brand she chooses, which I will link to in the show notes, is certified organic, hypoallergenic, fragrance-free, 
and chemical-free. So if you have never heard of soap nuts before, I'm not going to go into what soap nuts are right now, but they are the all-natural laundry detergent alternative. I'll link to them in the show notes if you are interested. On next week's show, I am bringing you an interview. I haven't done an interview in a few weeks, but we got one coming up next week. We're talking about all the certifications that we see on products. And specifically, we're going to do a deep dive into what fair trade really means. I will see you then. Have an amazing week. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay home, and take care. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.